Hi there, and welcome to the Engage Customer Podcast. Our mantra is that organisations need to be where their customers are, cutting across internal silos and taking a more holistic view, delivering a consistent service across all channels, offline, online, social and mobile. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage with their target customers on a deeply emotional level with industry-leading conferences and online digital media. To find out more, visit engagecustomer.com. In this episode, we speak with a panel consisting of Sergio Martin, Global Remote Resolutions Manager at IKEA, Mohamed Mohamed, Global Head of Customer Operations and Management at the British Council, and Manus Bardwaj, Head of Customer Success at Microsoft. We speak to them about how traditional customer contact is evolving and what this means for the customer journey. So, could I just give you, invite you, uh, gentlemen, to say hello and introduce yourself to the audience, and perhaps we could start with you, Sergio. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So, yes, as you said, uh, talking from the south of Malmö in Sweden, uh, I'm part of the global, what we call now the remote customer meeting point, which is a bit of rebranding that we're trying to do internally as a contact center. I've been uh, working in this area for basically my whole working life in resolutions. Really, uh, is what we call in IKEA the after-sales part, which we are also trying to elevate the value and the perception within the whole company to just not look at purchase panel, but rather lifetime value and the impact of these moments of truth. So that's what we're working with. Happy to be here. Terrific. Uh, lovely to have you here. And Mohammed. Yeah, hi, everyone. Um, it's an honor to be here on this uh, panel discussion. Um, as has been introduced, I'm Mohammed. I'm head of global operation in the British Council. British Council. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, let's say, part of the biggest part of my role is transformation. And actually, I've been appointed to that role just before the pandemic. So my whole focus is to how to transfer um, our contact with our customers, whether on the face-to-face in the contact centers, in the most meaningful approach to our customers. And that includes pre and post sales, as, as everyone knows in the British Council, we're, we're, we do sell um, English exams and, uh, and we're teaching English. So, again, looking to the life cycle of the customer pre and post and how can we fulfill their needs across. Terrific. Thank you for that uh, summary. David. Yeah. Hi, David Farris. Nice to see everyone. Happy to be here. Uh, I lead customer experience worldwide for... Um, EA Sports, which um, most people are aware of the brand. If not, it's uh, video games. And uh, looking forward to today's chat. Thanks. Terrific. And Manas. Good. Happy to be here again. Uh, my name is Manas Bhadwaj. Uh, I lead the customer success for Modern Work uh, with the Netherlands for Microsoft. Uh, and with Modern Work, what we do is really enabling the people with uh, communication, right? Uh, our technologies like M365 Teams. So it's irony I'm doing it on Zooms. Uh, but our focus is to ensure that we act as a trusted advisor, but also partner to our customers so that they make most of our uh, technology innovations. Great. And uh, while we're on, on, on with you, Manas, how have you seen customer contact evolving over the last 18 months? Well, I think I think what we have seen is the digital transformation, hand, and that's, that's a cliche, right? But it has rapidly taken, especially in our, uh, our customers, uh, while we were talking about adoption and change management uh, like 18 months before, 
everyone is actually talking about adoption and change management, especially the partner landscape is doing customers themselves want to get one step ahead because they understand that uh, they cannot be having the same mindset they had like 18 months back, uh, not only for their customers, but on, also the employees, uh, which they want to engage and retain within their organizations. Terrific. And what's your view on, uh, on how customer contact has been evolving the last 18 months? Mohammed? I think... Um... I think customers were initially, uh, let's say, previously, I would say mostly pre-pandemic, they were looking to the, the, the contact centers or even just contacting a company on the phone is more like of a, let's say, to resolve a problem. But I think now with the, in the last 18 months, it has been clearly seen that the means of contacting a contact center, which is not only a phone, phone, emails, uh, chat, chatbots, everything, has been the main use of the customer where they feel this is how they can resolve things properly. Behaviors of things need to be delivered to them at the doorsteps. Everything needs to be in their hands, controlled by them, their needs. Um, everything has been changing. Even if you're even trying to listen to the same customer 18 months previously and now, let's say, ask them the same question, what do you think or what what's the preferred mean of contract, that would be totally changed. And even what's their needs is totally changing. And we're moving more now towards the, the more digital environment. I can do everything from just a click on, on my mobile, a click from my computer. I don't need to move. I need to, I didn't need to get an interaction with anyone up to now. Great. Sergio or David or both, would you like to comment or add to uh, what Mohammed uh, and Manas have, have, have given us there? Yeah, go ahead, Sergio. I'll, I'll, I'll go last, no problem. Uh, however you want to. So, yeah, building on what has been said, I think I completely agree. I, I think we are seeing the acceleration of this era of convenience. When once you try that something can be done nicely from the comfort of your home, then you get used to that and then you, you keep doing that, right? So I think we are also seeing more and more than the simple demand is being automated by digital capabilities, and that is making room or more complex, more value-adding, where actually the human touch does make a difference, right? And we are seeing that movement maybe on the back of organizations also being more able to properly understand the value of good support in the customer experience, right? So what is the real value of a happy or an unhappy customer, right, in terms of loyalty, in terms of sales, in terms of advocacy, and all of these things coming together are really making the company switch to a much more omni-channel, again, another cliche. Uh, but but it, it is really true that uh, there's a lot of things there that we are seeing an explosion in accelerations like communities, more digitally assisted channel, becoming more proactive, not only waiting until the customer reaches out to you. Maybe sometimes it's, you can see a pattern and, and you are the one reaching out to, uh, to the customers uh, and uh, appro uh, basically approach the big inefficiencies that I think this industry has been plagued with for a long, long time, just by lack of the proper technology, the proper process design. So it's really uh, many different channels building on each other, which hopefully we also see on the co-worker side so that we become also not a stepstone job for the many people, right? It's a place where you can also build a nice career and uh, that is rewarding. It's not just something that you just go through, which I think is also exciting in terms of building um, an end-to-end -end model that really works. David. David, do you want to add? 
Yeah, I would um, um, second a lot of what Sergio said. I mean, obviously, I'm speaking from one industry, not not for all, but certainly in the last 18 months, demand for customer experience um, grew significantly as um, people had a heightened desire for more entertainment at home, um, which is obviously where we deliver our our products and services. So um, through that, um, we've changed in the sense of um, offering more self-serve tools for our players, um, customers, and we'll continue to invest there. Um, And then I joined the previous discussion at the tail end of it, but language expansion is is pretty big for us as well, especially in the uh, Asia-Pacific region. Um, So we've been spending a lot of time um, investing in infrastructure and understanding what capabilities we'll need there to to support a growing market for us there as well. Um, And the other thing too is, you know, right now with our product, if someone need support um typically they have to they have to leave that product experience to receive support uh, and where we're where we're heading what we're <clears throat> investing in is um in-game support so players can receive the support they need without leaving the product um and then with that of course we're relying more on um, um ai type <clears throat> infrastructure as well so that we can proactively recognize when when a player is likely to seek support and provide that support to them without them having to contact us directly. Mm. Something I'd just like to raise with you personally, I, I find doing business with many organisations quite an alienating experience because it's so easy to get the impression that they don't really want to be talking to you, that they'd rather you were doing frequently answered questions or going to a self-serve menu or going anywhere but making a demand on our contact centre and talking to a real human being quickly. How are you guys getting the balance right between, obviously, convenience, self-service, some clients, you know, they just want to find the solution. Boom, 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 doesn't matter how it comes, boom, 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 boom. But some of us want intimacy, we want the human connection. What are you doing to, 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 to avoid this feeling of alienation with your customers? Do you recognise it, first of all? And if you recognise it, what are you doing about it? Um, perhaps I could ask um, uh, Manas to, uh, to open up on that one. So I think I think that's that's where we uh, from the customer experience and success look at it is support is one thing right support is for masses uh, and that's where we also have customer success managers who come and bring in the human touch not looking at solving the problem which is an incident but ensuring that we don't have those incidents becoming recurring incidents mm. uh, so looking at the historical data as well from the support perspective working with the customers into taking the proactive approaches. Uh, and especially if you look at the industry where uh, I'm from, right? Uh, from Microsoft perspective, we don't control the complete infrastructure of uh, our customers. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of responsibility and partnership uh, uh, from our side there as well. And those are the things which we work from the customer success perspective with the customer. Mm. How about you, Mohammed? Does, uh, does that resonate with you? Do your customers sometimes feel it's hard work to get in touch with you and do business with you? Do you recognize that? Do you work with that? It's, it's definitely recognized, and especially on our side where most of our, I'm not going to say most, but let's say our second favorite channel for our customers was actually face-to-face, mm. and that was possible in the previous months. Mm. All that's happening globally. So the customer need of, of, of talking to a human, that's usually 
And I think we as an organization admit that that's usually a channel. Not everything can be done through a chatbot and, uh, or through an email or a, or a normal chat, but still they need to communicate with the human. And I think what we've been trying to do is more to listen, where are the problems and the needs that is actually considered as a high value for the customer, where we actually keep the human part as a key element of it, where things going to be pretty minimal. It's not considerable for a customer if he used a chatbot or he, or he tried to email us. This is where we're trying to segregate all our, let's say, problems or let's say level of inquiries or where to exactly identify where the human being is needed. And that goes into the upfront. And I think maybe one of those is one of our needs we have identified for the customers. They said, we used to come to your front of house and we don't want to actually pick up a phone call. We need to, to know and see who are we talking. We need to engage. And at that point, we actually built for them let's say, a front-of-house environment over Zoom. So the customer right. actually steps to our reception and then goes to our customer service representative on, on our Zoom channel yeah. where they actually communicate and talk. Yeah. So, but still, is that fully what customer needs? Customer needs now are growing up, moving up to the sky. Mm -hmm. So it's the more you learn, the more you're going to develop. The main thing is how can we put the human part on yeah. the most valuable interactions? Yeah. That's what's great for the customer and for the organization. Yeah. I'm, go I'm going to add to the question um, for, 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 for David and Sergio to come slightly different angle. Um, we were talking earlier on with Autotrader about, for example, when you buy a car, how important it is that you experience the car, you get in the car, you smell the car, you touch the car, you sit on the car, you do whatever you want to do, but you keep having tactile experiences, real encounters with the brand which then, whether it's your friend's car or whatever, but that's what really gives the deep connection with it. Potentially, through digital channels, we never get to that same level of deep connection, which potentially makes me very vulnerable through a rival, you know, who can come at me through the same digital channel. You haven't got the differentiation. So this idea of being easier to do business with, being accessible, being easy to connect with, I'd like to raise how can you become easy to experience fully and sensorily in order to really develop your brand equity with me as a customer. Um, would you like to comment on that one, Sergio? Absolutely. So uh, I can start actually from the first part of the question, which I think that if this is to work, it needs to be started from the top as a part of the company strategy and values, right? right. If, if you are really into customer experience, it needs to be reflected then in the, in the goals that you said. As an example, I think much of the industry has been working with things like service levels on the phone that just had a standard fix. You know, 60 seconds is good, 30 seconds is bad. And it, that is kind of a one size fits all where yeah. I think we need to move much more about, you know, listening from the customer. Yeah. Maybe actually this customer, it, it needs a different experience. Uh, so, so letting go of the inside even, out. Even what tone of voice were they using at the end of the call compared to the beginning of the call? Precisely. <laughs> and then that needs to kind of trickle down, yeah. right? In the way you hire, the way you train, the, what you measure yeah. and what you don't measure, right? The more you press coworkers, for example, in things like average handling time, you're going to see an experience there, right? You're going to see a customer that feels rushed through. You're going to see a customer who doesn't feel taken care of, right? So these things uh, come across. When it comes to your second question regarding the, 
the experience of digital versus uh, physical, I think it is, of course, to recognize that different customers have different priorities, and then you can enrich with now video, you can enrich with more gamification, you can enrich with AI, but also we see customers who are digital native, right? So for them, it's not, uh, I go to your business uh, physical or I go to your business online. It's you know, whoever provides me the best online experience that's the one I'm going to stick to because that's what's most important for me, right? We, as an omnichannel business, for sure, try to then understand in the conversation if this customer would actually benefit more from a physical experience. And then, of course, mm -hmm. we are lucky to be able to steer them towards that uh, or at least to, uh, to portray the values, right? Yeah. And then you don't have to choose between channels. There might be different channels for different stages of your purchase journey. Brilliant. Yeah, we were talking about Beavertown. I mean, if, when you get a moment, have a look at Beavertown's website. It's got kind of astronauts all over it and extraordinary kind of graphics, and it's really fun, and it's, it's a brewery. They're selling beer. Um, but, of course, you know, David, you're already way ahead of everyone in the fact that your product is immersive and experiential. And as you can say, you, you, you can come... I can get in touch with you from the middle of my game. So... Where can you go to um, differentiate? You know, how do you differentiate your yeah. brand in that We're, regard? I, I, I'm going to say I really appreciate your uh, your confidence. I, I said we're working towards uh, in-game support. We're not quite there yet, but, right. but I, I love the fact that you're uh, encouraging us, so it's good. But um, <clears throat> I think I think there are by the time this this topic got to me, there were kind of three questions wrapped up in, into one. So I'm going to attempt to 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 talk talk to each but first of all within ea you know we've just we've just um talking about the brand experience and 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 how does that um how do you deliver that through customer experience channels whichever one that is um we've just we've just created a a new uh, role within um ea sports called a chief uh, experience officer uh, and and that role has marketing brand and uh our publishing teams reporting into it to have that more holistic perspective, recognizing that all the channels and all those touch points across each division or that each division creates um, does influence the brand experience negatively or positively. Um, <clears throat> I think Sergio touched on some, some very important points. The way we're looking at it um, in terms of emotional versus non-emotional, we've, put a lot of time and effort into understanding what can players fix themselves? What do they want to fix themselves? Because the gaming environment's fast paced, right? That they, they've reached a point. They don't want us, they don't want their experience to stop or slow down. They need to fix it as quickly as possible. Um, <clears throat> there are certain use cases where they can, what's wrong, they can fix themselves. And we encourage them to do that. And we need to provide the tools for them to do that so they can stay in the game and keep playing and keep progressing. For the more complex issues, <clears throat> that's where we would still rely on the um, human intimacy, as you uh, referred to it, um, that human touch point, whether that's account management issues, security issues around their account or um, in-game content of particular value that they, that they seem to be missing. So there's a balance there, right? Um, and, and with that, we can achieve efficiencies. I mean, there's a balance of efficiencies and effectiveness as well. I'd love for every EA sports player to have a personal concierge to help them with their journey through our game. We can't afford that, right? No. 
everyone, every organization would want that, but they can't afford to do it. So you figure out, okay, which use cases um, can customers really help themselves with, where they probably don't, probably aren't interested in human connection, brand connection, and which use cases do they want human interaction and do they want uh, a brand experience? And the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle, right? It's not a polarity. And you have to understand where those sweet spots are. We're still in the process of trying to understand where those sweet sweet spots are. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, that's it. Those yeah, are, those are my it's when you get that wrong, when you when you misjudge that for a customer type, for a customer persona, and they, you know, when they want it quick and easy, self service, I have to call someone. That's annoying, you know. When I need to talk about something because it's complex and I can't do it in a single uh, transaction digitally, that's when I want to talk to someone. And I love uh, Mohammed the idea that you're going to actually finally get me to see someone again. They're going to come up on my screen and I can say hello to a person. I think that's definitely the way to go uh, rather than just a telephone. I've been through two or three communi- uh, complaints processes, entire complaints processes with quite a famous telecoms uh, supplier that have been eventually wonderfully dealt with by a dedicated chap from a- another part of the world who totally devoted himself to me, totally committed. He's going to send me some information. I'm going to deal with him. He's going to- I'm going to have his email and everything's going to be fine. And both times I didn't get the email. He just left it. Um, and then I've had to phone back and go back through the system again, make another complaint and <laughs> go around again. So things need to join up. And quite often internationally they need to join up. And, and, and it's quite complex. And, of course, we have to talk about the pandemic. Um, I'd like to get a view from you how, how, how you responded to the pandemic from the point of view of listening to your customers um, and, and hearing what they had to say and being available to them while presumably going through quite seismic change uh, internally. Mohammed, would you like to comment on that? Um, yeah, sure. And I think uh, I'll, 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 I'll continue to that comment from the start of using, we're developing the, the face-to-face interaction remotely. But going back a bit, I think every organization with the start of the pandemic, there was a, a which no one was expecting. How can I transfer things fast online? What can I do? What our customers are going to do? And I think we as other organizations, we spent some time trialing, let's say, doing some trial and errors to understand what the customer would need. One of our biggest challenges, which I think um, it, it, it is a challenge for the sustainability of the business. We've got clients. We need them to continue learning or we need them to still purchase again. And this is where we had to focus our efforts first to, to actually move everything online and continue listening to those customers to enhance and develop our platforms. And that was from a product and service level, service itself. Uh, from a customer service side, I think, and I think Sergey had touched on that at the beginning, is the technology. No one... The expectation of such a big pandemic wasn't there. So quickly finding the right technology, deploying it to, to countries where at least you can, you can be able to have a phone being picked up um, and an email. So that would be the easiest channels. And I think through those two main channels, which actually they were not able to, to absorb the whole volumes that they need to take because those means the contact center is tough to pick, for example, 20% of the volume. 
the rest was picked up on the face-to-face or other channels. But when you go into through the pandemic, you had to pick the 100% through one channel. And I think at that point, we realized that customers still needs the face-to-face element. And then we started popping up that idea of receptionist and having a, a, a Zoom discussion. And I think once this started, customers felt more comfortable. I think they felt still the human interaction is there. Uh, they wanted to see someone, they need to talk to someone, but actually have a, a, a visual. We developed that. The things that continue to look at is what services can we offer? So customers, again, they don't want, they were not going to be able to come to us to pay. So we delivered solutions to those customers. So during that virtual call, you can still pay online through different types of technology. You can pay over the phone. So again, you're trying to develop a lot of services through. And I don't think we haven't yet reached all the customer needs, but still we're trying to deploy services, understand what customers would need more and and start to to develop. Because up to now, even though we've got face-to-face coming back, but still customers are preferring our digital channels. So we still need to continue to develop those and see the switch of the marketing, mm. whether mm. it was continue remain, customer would have the appetite to come back face-to-face mm. or they would continue to the online uh, sphere. And Manus, if we, if, we, if we look at this journey from sort of through COVID to beyond COVID, new hybrid working, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's quite a transformation going on here and you, your organisation is the heart of it in, 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 in many respects. So both from an internal working perspective and an external customer experience perspective, how, how's it been for you and what are the issues that you're, you're working with? Well, that's, that's interesting. So if you look at internally, I think uh, considering the size and the scale of the organisation, we are pretty okay while working hybrid with our colleagues, right? Uh, because that's the nature of the work. Mm. However... Um, we were not yet there and working with our customers. Uh, and that, that's, that's a journey because I, I remember from uh, one of the colleagues, uh, my team member came to me and he was like, okay, I mean, if I cannot see the customer, I cannot just do the work. Uh, how am I going to do the work? Uh, and that was the first lockdown that was only for two weeks, which we had mm-hmm. in March uh, last year. And coming fast forward 18 months from uh, where uh, this conversation happened, what we see is customers have actually also made themselves ready to start basically facing the hybrid world. Uh, we also see that, okay, people are actually investing. Organizations have invested so much into not only training their people, but also looking at the emotional side uh, of uh, the hybrid work uh, in terms of security as well, right? Um, so that's a complete uh, paradigm shift which you have seen uh, when it comes to the COVID uh, bringing t- uh, uh, the technology at a faster page, which we actually did not even imagine. Mm. Mm. How about uh, how about you, uh, David? What's what's been your experience again, listening to customers and understanding their needs through the pandemic, but more importantly, moving now into service delivery with hybrid working. You know, how is that working, and how is that impacting the customer journey? Where are you at with with that transformation and that journey? Um, yeah, good question. I think it's changed um, over the last 18 months. Um, <clears throat> I think everything's changed and, and the change isn't going to slow down moving forward either uh, for, for everyone, regardless of industry, to be honest. But, you know, it started off, <clears throat> I think, in 
I think about the beginning and where we are today, you know, phase, I'll look at it um, in hindsight in three phases. Phase one, right, everyone, we need to figure out how everyone can work from home. Um, <clears throat> and that was, I mean, being ultimately a software company, um, the transition the transition for us wasn't overly complicated from a tech perspective. It was pretty pretty seamless, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> the logistics of, of humans working from home is a different conversation. Um, mm. Phase two would be, you know, the, the new normal, um, people finding, finding the rhythm. Um, we definitely had to make sure that the same tools were working uh, for, our, for our teams that do interact with players um, through our live channels. Um, and then phase three would be the, the huge amount of learnings that led to why don't we have more self-serve tools? Why don't we have in-game support? We need to better understand where players want our support with live channels versus, hey, I can do this myself. Can you just give me, let me do it myself so I can move on more quickly. Um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, and then moving forward, um, you know, we'll be having a hybrid model as well. Um, you know, and we'll be testing and learning as, as we go along like many other industries and organizations that, you know, face with this, the new normal, um, it's uncharted territory for, for everyone, I think. Um, work, work, from, work from home and, and the hybrid models, um, I think for the majority of, um, of the workforce, it's going to be a massive learning curve. And um, <clears throat> I think, you know, we'll have a hybrid model that maybe be, be in place for three months, and then it'll change again because, oh, we've learned something else and we'll, we'll have a new kind of uh, workforce management approach. So I've given you kind of a macro answer there, but that's, those are my that's thoughts. That's what you're now. dealing with. Yeah, um, and, and how about you, Sergio? Any, anything you want to add to that? Uh... I think it's really agreeing with everything that has been said. We went through the whole uh, first phase which was about safety mostly right mm -hmm. uh, we were not uh, a software company so for us the transition was uh, hard at the same time we were lucky that by being a company that has both remote but also brick and mortar we were able to reallocate so co-workers who were no longer busy in our stores they were able to then pick up the phone with the right training and so on so in that sense we were uh, we were benefited, but of course there was a lot of uh, focus on how do we uh, how do we forecast this moving forward, right? How easy it is to forecast what's going to happen in one month, in three months, no one knew, and you are still expected to to mm -hmm. be ready for it, right? So, on that, then we started adding new services. You know, again, if you think uh, about buying a kitchen, you can buy a kitchen online, but you will need help. And how are we prepared to give you that experience that you get at the store, mm -hmm. uh, which we needed to ramp up? It was something that was already clearly in our plans uh, at the same time that the self-serve, so that, again, more and more the simple queries can be taken away when they don't add value. Mm -hmm. uh, and then hopefully now it's all about doing this uh, in a more strategic way than in a panicked way, right? Being able to not just, you know, we went through, this is possible, and this is good, and this is efficient, and now we need to make it fun and engaging, yeah. right? That is, it needs to go into that direction where yeah. coming back to your original point, it becomes a pleasure 
for a customer to interact with your company, right? It's not a hassle, it's not a, it's something that needs to be value-added for both. Uh, and otherwise, technology should be there to cover the hygiene. Yeah, and I guess pleasure is going to be a key word as we move into this post-COVID world. If it's not a pleasure, I can so easily change supplier, you know? If it's difficult, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really be a bit of a shakedown, I think. Fantastic. Uh, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you, Sergio, uh, Mohamed, uh, David uh, and Manas. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your insights. Lovely to get a snapshot and a picture of what's been going on in your world. So thank you again and I look forward to seeing you at some of our in-person events next year. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. You.